All right, welcome back in 2024. It is the Trading Triangle. Good to be back. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very excited for the new year, the new trading possibilities that can come our way. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How about you, Kay? Feeling well? Uh, feeling great. Happy New Year to everybody, you guys, and the audience. Uh, it's great to be back. I feel the same way. It's great to be back. I'm definitely looking forward to getting into it with you guys, checking out, checking out some new charts, trade ideas live streaming on x on both my channel and on wolf's and then you can catch us on youtube on wolf's channel as well at wolf financial and then also on the trading triangle so exciting stuff for the year um disclaimer up front remember this is not financial advice or nor should it be taken that way we are not financial advisors uh, just here for entertainment educational value so hopefully hopefully you're getting a lot of that and uh, do subscribe and smash the like button if you are on youtube it does help us out get the word out all of that aside, I think it's time to start getting into it. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I'm excited to get in these charts. It's been a minute. It's my favorite thing to do. And uh, we got some interesting stuff. We got earnings coming up, right? So uh, before we get to that, though, I see a lot of green in some of the names. We had a rebound last week. So if like, you missed out on the first couple of weeks of the year, Sean and I you, were talking about that earlier on, actually. Like... You might not have noticed anything. You just show up and you're like, oh, everything's flat to start the year. But in fact, there's this big V formation, right? Like we had all the yeah. selling and then bought right back and saw some nice moves and some big names last week. Exactly. Yeah, semiconductors, you guys. NVIDIA, you know I'm happy about that. Love it. Uh, yeah. How about you, Sean? Did you have a good week last week as far as some of the names you were watching? Or were you kind of not, not really you know, full engaged last week yet? I wasn't fully engaged and I was still recovering from a little bit of illness, but um, I was obviously on Yahoo Finance looking at my stocks thinking, okay, yeah, this is not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, right. but as you mentioned, yeah, the V-shaped recovery, I kind of switched off for a couple of weeks, came back and nothing had changed. So it's, it's quite nice, really. So it's a bit like a, a beginning of the year, a reset almost for this week. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm super positive about how semiconductors have acted and we've got a couple mm -hmm. of names we'll look at. And I'm glad you're feeling better, Sean. Glad to have you guys both feeling better. I know you're getting over about so let's look at the fear and greed index and all of the indices and how the performance was last week because it was impressive to see the comeback. Um, VIX with the 12 handle. So interesting fact here, you guys. Um, you know, we've been talking about the VIX being low and feeling like it's low and having the 12 handle feels really low. But in fact, historically, apparently, um, this is the where it spends most of its time. So the VIX has a 12 handle more than any other handle, um, 13, 14, 11, what you, whatever you name it. So I thought that was interesting to note um, because doesn't it feel like it's low here? It feels low. It, it is definitely low. And I don't know if you saw the latest, new, uh, was it on Unusual uh, Whales? I think I saw a post that there was a, a major activity on the call options for Wix, like about 17 or so. So there's a lot more call options open on Wix. That was reported by unusual uh, whales. Yeah, interesting. Taking advantage of possibly hedging or, yeah, these low levels, getting a nice spike could pay off. Sean, do you ever trade Wix? No, not at all, actually. I, I obviously have it on my kind of watch list and see where it kind of is. But I don't really pay attention to it or trade off of it or use it to obviously influence my trades. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been trading for a few years and having the VIX down at 12, it seems new to me. But having you say that, it's quite interesting. 
um thinking yeah. actually does it does it really matter too much but i'm not too sure it kind of <laughs> calibrated me a little bit because i'm just yeah. used to like oh yeah 18 seems low right so but in fact it's not been the case um but yeah, yeah so we, got couple, we got a couple questions on the channel if you want to oh, take excellent let's make sure we get to our questions um yeah so jackie asked what we're what do we think about the market next week and um darren's asking about crude oil so great questions we will be getting into the market uh as soon as we get into those charts here in a couple seconds so let's definitely and, and we'll be talking about it here with the performance last week so let's definitely get into that real quick comments on crude actually I'm going to save it till after the fear and greed, but let's get to both of those guys. Don't let me forget. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll keep you so, honest. Yeah. Keep me honest here for sure. So a couple of interesting notes on this chart, the, the fear and greed index, we're squarely in the greed side of things now. And you kind of like to see it because it's showing the, the buyers are in and, and pushing markets higher, which you can see on the left-hand side here, Q's up over two and a half percent, which after last year's run, I mean, that's, an, that's, a, that's a nice week right there. They're not quite, you'll see the chart in here in a minute, and as well as with SPY, not quite like powering to, to new highs, but definitely some interesting stuff going on. Diamonds, DIA up 0.73, and small caps. Very interesting. I think a lot of people are talking about small caps this year. Um, I don't know if you guys have much interest in that space, but I'm looking at small cap tech for sure. Um, and then Bitcoin, definitely... Uh, Interesting to see Bitcoin down there at 42.9. It might be around 43 now. Pushed all the way up 46.47. And we saw, you know, my favorite ticker in the space, Marathon Digital, um, really get up there and then pull back. So I'll be posting a trade actually for my subs, my Substack subscribers um, about Marathon here on this long weekend. But enough about that. Let's keep it rolling. So before you jump on, Nate, quick yeah. one. Uh, on the Bitcoin side, we saw a lot of ETFs getting approved officially yeah. for Bitcoin. It's a huge news. That was huge, huge. news, right? So, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on? Are you guys like going to still you know invest individually in Bitcoin, or would you hedge it based on the ETF or actually go the ETF route? What do you think, Sean? I'll probably go the ETF route um, just because broker-wise over here it's not so easy to invest in crypto apart from obviously Coinbase, etc. But um, definitely the ETF seems a bit more appealing. But I think the whole kind of thing was um, sell the news event, wasn't it, really? Judging by the price action within Bitcoin, etc. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my kind of preference. We had the fake news event and then the real news event. <laughs> <laughs> and then things sold. Uh, I think yeah, very much so. I think it's going to be bad news for Coinbase long term. That's my yes. one comment there. Right? And I, and I think my my comment to that one is, uh, you know, I have more faith in Bitcoin itself, but I don't have faith in the exchanges as we saw with all the controversy with all the platforms and exchanges like you know, in the Binance. Uh, Coinbase is still pretty much the most decent one, I would say, among all of them. But Celsius, all those bankruptcies that happened last year and the year before, it, it doesn't instill confidence in investors, but each to his own. True statement. True statement. Well, let's see where it goes. I mean, those ETFs definitely came out. It was, it was interesting, too, if you notice, like the, the fund flows into them didn't quite hit the, the massive levels that you got at um, MicroStrategy, right? So. Um, anyways, definitely interesting stuff. Do you want to uh, hit on ExxonMobil, uh, crude oil before you jump on? 
I know you were. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, do we have any? Um, we don't really have any in the earnings spot here. So let's talk about it while people are taking a look at these names that we got for earnings coming up this week. I'll keep this up here. And we've had banks rolling through, right? But when it comes to crude, so I do have some thoughts there. I've been short on XLE. I've been trading this through the energy ETF XLE. And um, really the level I've had is 86. Like, I mean, I've been trading this for a while. I have to pull up charts for this one. Uh, 86 is the key resistance point. At 82.50 is key support and 81 below that. And we have dropped below 82.50 for XLE. And I don't know where we're at exactly, but... Um, it feels like there's some, con- you know, still pressure. And uh, oil was right around 72.73, I think it was. And 82.68 uh, right now. Is it? Where's it at now? I'm sorry. 82.68. Ooh, pushing higher. So that'll be interesting to see how things open up. Definitely with what's going on um, overseas and the uh, different attacks, and then the response to all of that is making it quite an interesting space for sure. Um, and then as far as midstream companies, great question, um, Eddie. I like um, AMLP for an ETF for a long-term investment. So check that out if you're curious. Do your own due diligence, of course, but um, it's performing really well with a really nice yield. So that's my thoughts on energy space. Kay, what would you add? You, you got thoughts on ExxonMobil? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I'm in ExxonMobil and SLB, if you want to consider that as midstream, right? Um, ExxonMobil, as we talked about a lot last year, and um, you know, we had this trend line, you know, which was going up at, at the bottom of the trend line when it actually broke through that, and then ninety nine ninety five around that was our real support level for ExxonMobil, and and right now the stock is trending around there. Um, so it's it's a critical support level because a lot there's not much buying pressure below that so you could see a further dip however with the latest geopolitical events that are happening that could artificially push up the crude oil prices uh it, if it's, it's going to remain volatile we probably will see some push uh but you know it's uh if you're trading it then you know i generally tend to hedge it via the option side yeah i like it sean you have anything to add here in the energy space i just look at the chart so let's uh, xlm and xl let's look a bit range bound um, especially in the last kind of few weeks, so which I, I think, think it might be a bit. It, it is, yeah, because you're basically waiting for a move, waiting for something to happen almost, and it's not no shortage of no news, is there at the moment? So it's, exactly, yeah, it's, 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 it's strange to see this kind of price action related to everything that's going on, but it's one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. But I'm not actively trading it, no. Yeah, right on. No, definitely an interesting sector. And, and for a long term, for yield, I like it. As far as the, the near term trade, I, I'm still short, but it's it's made its move. It's near the bottom of, of the range here. So once you hit 81, you know, if it drops below 80, if XLE drops below 81, that means I think there's some bigger concerns there in the space. Otherwise, that might hold up and then we could get a bounce around these levels. So yeah, energy is definitely interesting here. I'm glad that someone brought that up. Maybe we'll have to add a name uh, for next week to make sure we're keeping up on the space. So um, back to, let's get back to earnings because we have kicked off earnings with the financials leading the way, banks leading the way. Um, last week, got some names starting off with, I think it was City and we had JP Morgan, Wells. Um, and then we've got Morgan Stanley, Goldman starting off the, this coming week in a short week on Tuesday. Um, Charles Schwab on Wednesday, you know, a few other names throughout the week. Um, you do get to some of the regionals, which I am interested in, um, because I think that'll speak to the, some of the strength of the economy, potentially. So Truist and M&T, a couple of names there. 
What did I miss you guys? I've been talking a lot. What are you looking at, Kay? Uh, mostly TSMC, uh, especially with the the elections happening, actually election completing, and we'll see how the market perceives that with TSMC. Uh, that that always gives you a good barometer for the semiconductors area. And then honestly, this is not very exciting time. I mean, I generally tend to enjoy when the tech starts earning uh, because I'm mostly a tech investor. But yeah, I mean, it's it'll good to see the the regionals, uh, pr- you know, report how they pr- you know how they're going to manage the uh, the funds they got last year. Yeah, and I, I, think, you know, year. I think it could speak to the strength of the the you know economies in those in those regions. So that'll be interesting. There, are you watching any earnings particularly this week, Sean? Not this week, no. And the week after, you've got kind of like as Kay said, Microsoft, Netflix, Tesla, and all that. So that'd be a big week. Um, but you did mention energy. You've got SLB on Friday. Is that the same SLB? Is that right? I um, hope so. so that's sometimes there are to look at. sometimes there are multiple tickers. I think that's a, that's the same SLB. No, that's sure. it. That's it. SLB is yeah. good. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, that's one for you to look at. <laughs> definitely, that's a good call. Actually, it's before the open Friday. Um, so yeah, we've got plenty of names to watch as we head into those. Obviously, much bigger names. Do you guys trade like this week? Those uh, names that are going to be reporting next week because i do actually start to look at that right and uh i don't know if you guys take that kind of stance but i'd rather trade heading into earnings and then take positions off typically yeah i i tend to do trading especially during the earnings uh but i only tend to trade tickers that i have experience with and i have done it before so i wouldn't like let's just start with mnt bank which I, have, I haven't done it before um slb i can because i've been trading slb for a while now but i tend to stick with the tickers i know Nice. I tend to with, with with earnings. I tend to trade afterwards. Really, I do pay attention to it on the way up to it, but obviously because there's so many companies reporting, it's hard to keep on top of each and every stock leading up to their earnings report. Um, but after it, depending on the results, if you want to go short, long, etc., that's when you start really diving down into into the short term trades. Anyway, yeah, you got to keep your watch list, you know, manageable, right? Somewhat concise there. Uh, one last name I'll mention here, Kinder Morgan on Wednesday. Uh, that is a nice energy name that always has a nice yield and uh, something I like to watch for the long-term portfolio. All right, let's get into the markets. we got the S&P 500 SPY ETF here up first. Sean, why don't you t- lead us off? What are, what are you seeing with SPY? So I see a little bit of um, positive momentum, a continuation of trend. And that's kind of be that's kind of be like a pattern with this and obviously QQQ as well. But you can see this last week, of course, it's been very green. Um, despite the two red days we've just had, the Thursday may as well have been a green day because of that candle formation that we've had. So we've got a small big, uh, small little red bit at the, at the top there with all the buyers that have come up down below, and that's called a bottoming tail. Is how I call it. There's lots of different names, but um, but yeah. So that's that for me is positive price action, and I think obviously. You know, around this level of 480 is kind of all-time highs as well for for SPY. Um, so we're kind of there, and I do think we're going to make probably a slow push, a grind through 480. And what happens after that, I'm not too sure. Uh, probably be data dependent, of course, and obviously recession talk and all that. But generally, the trend is your friend. We've spoken about it many times before, of course, throughout this channel. Um, and for me personally, that's where we are. We've bounced off of the 20 moving average slash the 469 level. Um, so the support was there. It reacted. It's bounced, and I expect it to continue. Uh, it's as simple as that, really. 
What do you think, Kay? What are you looking at with Spy? Are you seeing anything in particular, or you have any particular thoughts this week? Well, um, the auctions data, you know, we have a lot more hedging going on on the 19th, which is the, uh, because most of the options, if you were doing leap options, they have a lot of activity on the 19th, the third week of the month. And so we have about three, uh, you're looking at almost 1.72 in the put to call ratio, whereas throughout the week, you're between 1.35 and 1.6. So that's a lot of uh, activity. But the volatility is not that high. Volatility is still pretty low, um, yep. like 8 9%. But yeah, I think those are mostly hedging from the last year's options. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that stood out for me this week, you guys, is just look at the higher closes from basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? We had <clears throat> pullbacks on both Thursday and Friday, but not before we made a higher, you know, higher intraday um, from the prior day. So it's like eking higher, eking higher. That's the biggest thing for me. I think that's positive above the 20 day. Um, so yeah, I really like the actual setup here. And uh, as far as, you know, what I'd be looking for is continue to break above those intraday highs. So Friday's high, uh, I would want to see Monday or Tuesday as push above that for continued, you know, kind of bullish sentiment here. And um, if we can maintain above that, you know, the previous high from that spike just a few weeks earlier, um, I think that's hugely positive and continue the rally. I'll be watching semiconductors for continued strength, though. I think they're really leading us uh, here across the board. So, um, yeah, overall, though, nice bounce right after kind of like the negative sentiment, or negative sentiment kind of set in there. So good to see it. Let's see what else we got here. We got the queues up next, right? Yeah, so this is a bit more of a kind of what I was talking about with the spy. This is a bit more kind of visually actionable, if that makes sense. So obviously you've got the box there, which is obviously the recovery we've had in the last couple of weeks. That's literally that box is this year's trading so far. So you can see how it hasn't really changed at all, really, um, in terms of actual stock price or price of the asset. Um, but really, I want to see that kind of move above that kind of previous high of 412.80 on, on the queues, to be specific. And then move up, kind of come down, retest it, and continue on that that kind of momentum and that trend. Um, again, the trend being your friend. Um, one thing I didn't mention on the spy, but we're on the QQQ, is the RSI kind of came down to 50, which is um, quite aggressive, I thought, for such a high asset to come down that quickly to the 50 RSI. Obviously, it's moved up again now. Um, but yeah, having that kind of RSI come back down, kind of recover a little bit and just kind of have a bit of a breather essentially is good, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I just see more upside. I just, I don't see, I mean, I, I do like to obviously play the other side and be, be slightly contrary and see what happens going downwards. But if we break 400, 404, that kind of level, then obviously that's a different story. But I just see it continuing moving higher. Yeah, I actually think that we're going to push towards that 41280 this week for the queues. So, yeah, we're talking about market sentiment this week. And and by the way, I'd love to see all the, the requests and comments down here. Um, we are now able to see this, you know, coming in directly from uh, our live stream on X. It used to be just on YouTube. So really appreciate it. Keep dropping the comments, guys, and any other tickers you want to see. Um, we see I, I see the comments out there about Hood. Definitely a huge fan of Hood. And we were talking about Bitcoin. Um, and just in general, I like what Hood's doing. Um, we were talking about Taiwan's, Ty, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor excuse me, earlier. And we got comments around that. I agree that it'll be interesting to watch China stocks uh, this week. And 
I think that, you know, the cues and, and spy are going to respond um, to by continuing to push higher. That's my personal sentiment this week. Um, and I think that the cues give us a nice clean target here. So 417, or excuse me, 41280. Um, it seems like a really nice place to get above and retest, just like you drawn out, Sean. I actually would have drawn the exact same annotation, I think. Um, is there anything else you'd add here, Kay? Good news on the options front? Yeah, it's the exact same uh, pattern like SPY. Uh, the volatility is slightly higher in the 13, 12, 13 range as opposed to 9, 10 range for SPY. Uh, but pretty pretty similar. Uh, the one thing I would like to add, which is we generally don't discuss politics on uh, our channel, but th that of course plays a role. So you know, as the Iowa caucus, which is the um, the first uh, I would say test for the Republican nominees, that could of course you know play on Tuesday's market at least you know if not for the long term. Uh, so that's something to watch out as well. And uh, oh, I saw problem. some. I, I saw cash newbie ask for SoFi, so that we are covering a little bit later in the as part of our chart analysis. So nice, nice. We will get to SoFi. That's always interesting. Always doing making moves one way or another. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say there. All right, let's get into some of the tickers. I think we have Tesla up first. No, we've got Google up first. Alphabet, take it away, Sean. Yeah, so I went for Google just because it kind of plays in, I guess, with Spy QQQ. Um, and we can see it's kind of breaking out a little, little bit. It, it did try it again uh, kind of throughout December, throughout that kind of rally. Um, but I'm keeping a close eye on this one just because it seems to have that momentum. You can see that kind of trend line moving up um, with all the kind of red dots on there as well. Not too sure why I put the yellow line there. I think that must be just – I don't know why that's there. Um, <laughs> I do that quite a lot. But, yeah, we've got the red dots there serving as a nice support, a nice momentum, continued um, trend. My adding area, because I'm currently in this trade, um, just because I, I see it moving forward. Obviously, Google's doing great things, of course. And um, it's a big part of SPY QQQ, of course. Um, and my ultimate target, as you can see there, is 151.50. And that's basically, I just want to ride this nice and slowly, nice and chilled, all the way up until kind of, I think it's around about mid-March, end of March. That's when it theoretically should end. Of course, it could get there tomorrow. It could get there two weeks' time after earnings. But... Yeah, this is the trade that I've got, you know, a break of resistance and kind of moving to higher highs, at least not not um, all-time highs, but just higher highs, at least in recent trading. Um, I know, Kay, you like to cover Google, so you might have some sort of um, kind of uh, views on this stock, which I'd love to hear in just a second. But above all of the moving averages, and I'm probably going to stop talking there because I do have a habit and I think I've talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you, Sean. I think you should keep going. But what do you got, Kay? What are your thoughts uh, on Google? <laughs> well, so I, th I think Google definitely shows a lot more uh, potential in terms of the options activity. We have the put-to-call ratio as 0 0.79, so very bullish. You have 700,000 call options as opposed to only 5.600,000 put options. So there's a lot more uh, bullish momentum. Now, as as I'm looking at chart on my side, the way you know, at least I I draw charts. 151 was your all-time high for Google, and you are uh, at, what, 142? So, I mean, this is uh, going to be a pretty interesting, see if we do get a break. Now, the latest news on Google was they did announce layoffs. Um, so that could play uh, into the earnings as it comes, right? Because their future guidance would be, you know, will show a decrease in the cost. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, maybe that was the reason behind the, the latest 
layoff announcement uh, along with Amazon and a couple other uh, companies following suit. Um, I would not, if I don't have a position, I would not be getting in at these high prices at this point in time. Uh, same with the, with, I'm not going to short Google either at this level. I'm going to wait yeah. to see if it gets rejected uh, at 151 once it's getting closer to that. Or is it going to continue making that all-time high? Because there's there has to be some kind of a news as well along with it. Uh, the Bard news did not really push the stock higher, but Google has been on an uptrend for a while now. So it's not like it's just not like as flashy as Nvidia or a couple other stocks. It's just gradually going on. Yeah, I like I like this pattern here, bouncing nicely off the trend line, and um, looking forward to to seeing what Google does next. If it does pull back to one forty, one thirty nine, and holds, like kind of right in this area you've highlighted, Sean, I, I like nibbling. Um, wouldn't go full portfolio or anything crazy, but um, adding for a long term uh, for sure, and then for a short term trade, I could I could see that giving a nice bounce off the trend line there if we did get that pullback, which looks like it would make some sense. Notice these bounces are tightening up, though, right? Which makes a sense as well. As you go up the chain, you tend to get smaller moves. So just I would just keep that in mind. Um, but really positive here. Also, if you're looking for like information on Google, shout out to the Big Tech uh, Podcast by Alex Kentrowitz. Not affiliated or anything like that, but every week there seems to be some good information on AI and some insights either from some former you know employees at Google or what have you. It's been good stuff. Been soaking that up lately, so. Okay, you should check that out. I'm sure you'd, you'd enjoy it for sure. Oh, I'm sure you would it. too, Sean. Don't get me wrong. But make sure you drop the link to that podcast on our description so that everybody can follow through. Good call. I will do exactly that. Link to big tech because that is yeah, a must. Um, all right, guys. And then I also saw some requests down here for Tesla and Upstart. So we don't have Upstart this week, but maybe I'll comment on it. I'll just pull up the chart towards the end here. And after we get through our prime charts this week, because it's great to get these these requests. But we have Tesla next. Should we jump to it? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Go for it. So we've had a couple of news points, obviously, this week um, in terms of the German factory and, you know, Chinese price reductions as well. So there's always news going on with Tesla, as you know. Um, yeah. But we can see two different charts here, and I want to bring this up. And kind of it's an emphasis on one of my videos I'm releasing this week as well on the YouTube channel. Um, about kind of where to add or, you know, thinking about where to add, should we say. Um, so on the left, we've got the daily, and you can see that obviously it's not looking good. It's broken all three moving averages. It's looking quite aggressive to the downside. The last candle was a topping tail, so it suggests that there's more downside to come, you know, in, in theory at least. Um, but we do have a previous support of uh, 212. So obviously we're sitting at 218 now um, and previous support of 212. But if you look on the other hand, you've got the weekly chart on the right side. Um, and then you've got the 200 moving average and the 50 moving average, which is the kind of dark blue line and the kind of lighter blue line, kind of middle blue, whatever you want to call it, um, acting as a bit of support. Now, this could easily retract, rebounce, and come back up to kind of 240 within a couple of weeks. You know, it's Tesla, that's how, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this as well, okay? Because I know you follow Tesla and, and you kind of look at when to add for the longer term position. Because for me personally, my message here is I would probably add here from a longer term position just because of those, those um, moving averages on the weekly chart. It doesn't look great on the daily chart, but from the weekly chart point of view, that looks really good to me. Um, really looks really good kind of support wise. Obviously, it could drop down below to that kind of 212 level. Um, so that would be kind of my target buy zone, I guess, for at least from that point of view. 
But um, yeah, again, I've spoken enough. Both RSI is looking quite weak. Um, and Tesla's earnings just around the corner, of course. So that could be an interesting catalyst to yeah. keep an eye on. But just from an investing point of view, this for me is a good time to add from a long-term point of view. Yeah, I. so from my perspective, I tend to add closer to the 210, 200, between 200 and 210. But it's definitely getting closer. Um I mean, if you have a, a cost basis which is higher than what you have today, then of course you sh you should start to you know add to it position slowly, not like you would want to. I mean, you should always think on tranches. So if you have let's say ten thousand dollars, you know you want to invest in Tesla, uh, you can decide whether you want to do it in four tranches. Basically, tranches specifically just means the group. So you can do it two thousand dollars, you know, five times, or two thousand five hundred four times. Depends on how you want to break it. Um, that's how I think. Uh, so every year, if I allocate a certain dollar amount to this particular stock, that's how I would invest. I would actually start nibbling here, here and there, but uh, I would want to see the trend reverse because any, I tend to add stocks anytime it's below the 200-day moving average. Um, but especially when it comes starting comes to nearing to the uh, the earning season, you gotta be a little careful, especially because in SaaS stocks in particular, not relatively to tesla but in SaaS stocks you you have seen instances where stocks can drop 20 30 percent post earnings uh so in SaaS is a different case altogether but in tesla i would start adding 200 is a very um psychological level for this stock as well so generally you tend to see a lot more buyers coming in yeah i've been um definitely watching tesla here i was i was bummed to see the selling off but i actually wrote about it uh, for wolf's newsletter so if you guys haven't subscribed to the wolf financial newsletter quick plug there uh, I'm, I'm the featured writer for the sunday posts and use tesla to kind of write about taking profits when you get them and then also cutting your losses and this last move recently was kind of an ideal example you can see where on the daily chart here on the left it consolidated for a period and then it bounced really cleanly off of the 50-day moving average which if you took an entry on that you you see the breakout of that you know range so to speak that's where you know you want to take some profits initially to to lock those in and uh, sure enough we got this reversal so i am watching for it to hold up um if it gets back down to 200 that i'd definitely be jumping in here for both the trade and some long-term shares um, but right now it's like you mentioned with the the topping wick there a uh, bit precarious but i had not looked at that weekly so i like the support that we might get here because of what we're seeing on that weekly chart so uh, i just make another point here yeah. so for folks that are looking to get into tesla this is a very good opportunity to actually use cash secured puts because right now with volatility being in the 50s, especially you're looking at 30 days or 40 days out on the trading, um, with volatility being high, one of the best things that happens with Tesla is you get very, very good premium. So if you get like a 200, you know, you want to get a 200 uh, for February 16th, your premium could be anywhere between five. So let's say $530 you will make on this particular cash secured put trade and uh with that you know i mean that lowers your cost basis to 195 so something to think about as a as an opportunity if you are I looking it. to add i love it thanks for that k um let's see what else was i going to add to tesla i think that was it that's my only other thoughts there anything else there sean for tesla no thank you for your insights it's uh it's an interesting stock to look at especially in different time frames um but yeah that's it for tesla nice
all of your good yes. stuff. So you can find me obviously on, on Twitter slash X, uh, the handle you can see there. On YouTube as well, I did a video on SoFi, which I'm interested to see what Kay's thoughts are when he when it comes around to the chart. Um, but yeah, I've got a video of that on, on SoFi there, but I've got another video coming up in terms of when to kind of add. I did mention that a second ago uh, for long-term positions or long-term swing trades. Um, and obviously I do have a newsletter currently um, in the works. So yeah, that's it for me. Good stuff, Sean. And if you haven't checked out Sean's YouTube channel, I highly recommend you do. A video on SoFi earlier that I haven't checked out yet, but I'm definitely going to be looking at later on today. And uh, just great stuff all the way around. So appreciate it, Sean. Great to be back at it with you this week. Get to some of my charts here. And first up is Shopify. But I will tell you, before we get into Shopify, we've got a couple of semiconductor names to look at. AMD is on the list, so I see that request out there, Eddie and Sushil. So great to have the requests, and um, we'll look at AMD, we'll look at Marvell, and uh, we'll definitely talk about some NVIDIA. But first up, Shopify has been absolutely ripping, and uh like to see it. There's two things you guys have added to my charts this week. I don't know if you guys noticed the differences, but uh, for the levels that I draw out, I, they were just uh, really cluttering up my charts, so I made them dotted lines. I know this is such a small thing, but oh my God, it's made my uh, just going through charts so much nicer and cleaner. So instead of using the hard lines, I really like this. Stole that from uh, somebody else I saw marking up charts for the market rebels, so shout out to them. All right, so then I'm also using the second thing, by the way, is the three-point fib. So, Kay, do you use the three-point Fibonacci? No, you usually I just draw a straight Fibonacci. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, right? exactly. But I, I think I'll, 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 I'll try to see if I can draw this as well on my side. Yeah. So the, the idea, the idea here is when you have a stock that's breaking out, that's had a little bit of a pullback and it's continuing higher, um, you can use this three point where you go from the bottom of the range to the top, then to the bottom of the pullback, and then it gives you the kind of the level at that bottom of the pullback, and then the levels above the Fibonacci levels above. I see. I see. Okay. And that's what I'm using here for Shopify and uh, to give me some price targets because Shopify is broken out. Uh, wrote about it in the newsletter to retest 750, 7050 for a second time would have been ideal. We got it. And if you took entry there, that was, you know, a great trade powered higher all of last week and, and really the end of the week prior. And um, now we're, you know, above this next Fibonacci level, which is at 78.85, kind of rejected at the 83.89 level. Didn't even quite get there, but that's that's the price target. Basically trying to get above 83.90 next for Shopify. If it pulls back, looking for 78.85, excuse me, to hold up um, as support. But it's been really nice to see this bounce and break out. I expect it to continue higher. The 50 days curled up nicely and RSI is, is nice and strong, but not, not over, overbought yet. So all things kind of positive for Shopify. What do you think about this, uh, Sean? It's kind of a simple chart, but anything you would add? Yeah, I really like it. I like the simplicity of it. Um, Shopify is not really one of those stocks that I, I ever look at. I know it's always there, but it's never on my radar. It's never on my watch list. Um, I guess maybe I'm just not interested in it at all. I'm not, not too sure. Fair um, enough. But I, I like the chart. I like the, the, the Fibonacci that you've drawn. It's something new to me, so I've noted that down. I did a little bit of digging on that one, so I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you said everything there. You've got a nice couple of bits of support there, and obviously a really nice price action coming off the last uh, move off the $70 level. 
And uh, like you say, breaking previous resistance and looking to make higher highs. So if we can make those kind of higher lows, higher highs, um, I don't see the reason why this isn't a good kind of swing trade, I guess, is uh, the way I look at it. But yeah, no, I like it. Nice. How about you, Kay? I actually did just draw the Fibonacci, the three point on my <laughs> side, and it looks pretty pretty interesting. Um, I actually do see a um, couple, The how about the volume? Do you have the volume profile here? See, the volume is drawing out at this point in time. It is, right. We're at right. high levels here. So that is something that I haven't really, you can't really, at least from what I'm seeing, there's no recent volume to go off of, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but we actually have a pretty good volatility as well on this one. It's in the, in the, in the 38. And then it on the 19th, which is generally the hedging going on, there's still 0.77 is put to call ratio. So it's very positive, very bullish heading into the earnings for Shopify, which I don't think is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I think it's probably end of February or something like that. They yeah, always report right. after tech earnings, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I like so this. I am actually in a trade. I mean, I have a couple calls, uh, covered calls open on this one. And what I tend to do is uh, whenever it hits my price point, I tend to just roll those calls to collect extra premiums. So, yeah. I, I had a feeling you're going there with the volatility. So I love it. Love to hear that. And um, yeah, so again, looking for it to get above 83.90 next. I'd be taking profits if it did, you know, push up to 84. And then there's a nice big run to 92 for the next level. So um, yeah, continue to take profits in Shopify if you're in it. And look for this level here at 78.85 to hold up as support. All right. So next up on the list, mentioned semiconductors. We got Marvell. Marvell is a favorite for me to trade. And I'll tell you why. Look at the size of these candles. I mean, they can burn you for sure. You got to be careful. Um, but if you get the right spot, you can, it really can pay off nicely. So um, what we have here is a similar thing. I've got the, the three-point fib, but uh, you don't see the bottom of it. It's kind of right off the screen there. Um, but that's what set up these trading levels. And you can see it's respecting it uh, pretty cleanly, pretty well here. The 50-day moving average also curling up. And we've got a nice move up here in relative strength actually kind of peeking out so it might be a little bit overbought um and you see the rejection af off of the uh call it 67 17 levels what the fibonacci says um so looking for it to hold up at 65 65 40 and uh, that is roughly in line with the prior highs where we had a hard time getting above so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw marvell pull back okay to your point uh Great spot to sell covered calls here, I think. Exactly, exactly. Um, because um, your RSI is hitting at the top. The right. volume has picked up actually um, over here. It has uh, picked up. Yeah. Right? Your, your average volume has gone up to 1395, where it used to be like around the four, five million, six million on a daily basis. So it has ticked up. Yeah. Yeah, so there is that, you know, it could continue higher. And if it does break higher, I mean, I think we could see it run all the way to 70, no doubt. Um, but that being said, if the volatility is where it's at, you can collect some nice premiums selling basically at the money or just out, out of the money uh, covered calls. So I do like that, but this continues to give us higher lows and higher highs. Um, so Marvell's trying to get above those recent highs, you know, right here in the 65 50 range and uh, we'll see what happens but I, I like the overall setup one last comment this is um, volume weighted average price is anchored from that prior high and that's what this gray line is and you can see the nice bounce at quick recovery after it got below and then powered higher so 
another um, kind of positive setup. We could see that act as a magnet, but for right now, I like the the, the setup. What do you think, uh, Sean? Any other comments here on Marvel? I was going to ask what those lines were because I, I knew it wasn't moving averages because the blue line is kind of a bit rigid at certain points. Um, so I'm glad you cleared that up with the, the uh, average volume weighted price. Um, yeah, I mean, this is not one I cover again. I mean, I have obviously I've seen you cover it on this channel and it is on the, on the semiconductor watch list. Um, but I do like the kind of breakout potential here. Um, it's not quite as refined as I would like it because obviously you can see on the very far left of the chart, um, the high around about 67, probably 68 more like. Um, so it's not quite a refined um, kind of level that I'd be looking for. So perhaps that 70 level would be a bit more... Um, you know, prominent basically for a breakout. So if we can get above 70, come back down, retest it and then move higher. Um, that really shows strength behind the stock. But generally the trend with this stock is really nice. Um, so the beginning, well, the end of October, really, it's set higher highs, higher lows, which is what you want to see in a stock, isn't it, of course. Um, so yeah, carrying on that and getting up to 70 is probably where I'd be looking for this, for any sort of trade, um, to be honest with you, in terms of like a, a buying shares, et cetera. That's how I kind of do things. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a positive stock. Another another good chart that you brought up here, Nate. Nice, appreciate that, Sean. All right, guys. Well, that is my look at semiconductors, but that is my favorite space. So, just wanted to mention a name in addition to Nvidia, which has been just absolutely on fire. Um, funny quick story: I had a friend who sells covered calls in Nvidia every now and again, and he sends me and he hates it because he's like every time i've done this over the past years it rips higher and i'm not kidding he sent me i sold 550 nvidia calls it's gonna rip and like that was days before and it just took off like i just couldn't believe it so uh it's funny how that works so i'll let you guys know next time i hear from him for sure <laughs> we'll see what happens all right guys definitely check me out on x at trader nate here also uh, these other handsome gentlemen you see here, that is, we just saw Sean Trades also on X. Be sure to give him a follow and download Invest K. Give him a follow as well. Um, and then we are live streaming on at Wolf Financial. Wolf's not live streaming with us, but I did see some questions around that, so I want to address that real quick. But he is not with us on the actual live stream, but a great supporter of what we're doing. And I am a writer for Wolf Financial, so I always want to give a lot of credit for everything that Wolf's doing. Big things. Be sure you're, you're following Wolf and subscribe to his newsletter as well. And then I've got my newsletter, Traders Education, doing a lot of great things there. Just got over 700 subscribers. So if you're a trader looking for great trade ideas and just kind of education in the space, be sure to check that out. And with that, I'll hand it over to you, Kay, because I know we've got some great tickers here starting with AMD. What do you got? Awesome. So, yeah, so we have the first ticker is AMD. And uh, it's it's a very interesting um, uh, take that's going on with AMD. So we had our 151.05 as our last high, and we actually hit that level, and then we got rejected at that level. Um, so it's still on an uptrend. Um, in, another th in data point is that the RSI is very close to the 17.62 at this point in time. And then, the, interestingly, the buying volume has started to tick down. Yeah. Um, I don't what know why that? that's that's the case. It's a it's a it's a pretty sharp dip, at least on the chart that I see. It's not it's not not visible here, but it was sixty three million and it dropped to forty eight million. So that was a pretty uh, massive drop in the volume. Now, generally, for options traders, AMD is one of the very volatile not volatile very liquid stocks where a lot of 
options trading happens with AMD. Like Tesla, uh, AMD is one of the favorite stocks. Bank of America, another couple tickers. Uh, so interestingly, I, I think I'm not going to be buying to my long-term investment position at the, these levels. If you already have, good point to sell covered calls. If you don't, then I would look at the $137. That would be the buying level. And the reason is because there's a lot more buying happening at that there's a lot more buying volume comes in at that level and if that level is breached because that level stayed as a support level for actually throughout mid-december and then we did hit that level back in early january and then we had a big bounce up uh, again hitting this so seems like i don't know if you're doing this as a double top at this point in time or is actually in play of a double top so we'll see how that you know pans out in the next couple of days or so um, so I, I would definitely not be, uh, buying stocks at this level. I would be looking at trading opportunities. So since I love, since I, most of my trades are into the options where I tend to trade selling options, uh, I would look at about 135, 137, maybe a month, month and a half out to see premiums because we do have a decent amount of volatility in the thirties range. So let's say if I'm looking at 16th February, you are looking at a volatility of 56, 48, 56%. So at 135, you'll get about $310 as premium uh, on the lower side. So that's a pretty decent rate of return for about a month out. Uh, so that's, that's how I'm doing. That is right. not bad at all. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of uh, these kind of opportunities these days, you know, recently in the start of the year, I should say these days. Yeah, like yeah, it. no, exactly. And what I've noticed that when we were in the middle, uh, maybe the end of second quarter, third quarter last year, the weekly options premium were giving you much bang for the buck. But now, at least noticing from the December onwards that now if you actually go out a month, maybe between three to six weeks, the premiums are much higher because there's a lot more volatility involved in that. So just like I said, for Tesla, I gave you a, a, a point of $200, right. right? For this one, I would target 135. I actually currently are in a trade at 132, which I sold a cash secured put back in December. That's a complete profit. I had like a $500 on premium on that one. So it's pretty much, it's going to be, it's going to expire worthless on 19th. Hopefully if it doesn't fall that low. Just keep stacking cash. I love yeah. it. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Anything to add to AMD here? No, just uh, it's a trend. Is your friend again? I've got to piece it, but um, yeah, it's, it's obviously going in the right direction. It's it's moving up higher. What they I would say is obviously if you're holding shares, if you're holding spring trades related to AMD or any stock that's kind of gone up and kind of now leveling out a little bit, and you're a little bit scared of where to go, just you know, do your due diligence and where those levels those levels are. Um, use the, the the indicators that you're most comfortable with, or even just trade off of price volume, um, price action that's happened recently. Um, just be extra due diligent in where your process is, because it's very easy for a stock to come back, and then you think, oh, actually, I'm just going to sell the whole position. When really, if it's above a key moving average or above a trend line, then what you should really be doing is is analyzing that level and then setting your stop loss below that and just riding the trend rather than panic selling. Um, so just a little bit of a message there, really. Just don't panic sell, just stick to your guns, stick with the trade, stick with the trend, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I don't know, kind of off a tangent there, but there you go. <laughs> oh, it's good, though. That's really a solid message. I think it's it's good to get that out there. And um, 
Oh, this is a great chart too. I, th- I feel like we're starting off the year with some some interesting stuff, and that's what we said basically all of last year, right? Is like week in and week out, endless opportunities, a lot of interesting charts. So, yeah, this is another good one, Kay. Hey, really quick comment by the way, you guys. Um, I dropped um, because we're getting some questions like, "Hey, who are these speakers?" It's great to see it. So, just want to make sure that everybody's aware. I did reply to the live stream uh, that we've got on Wolf Financial on X. But this is at Sean Clark underscore, and this is at Invest K, K A Y E, and also at Trader Nate here. So if you guys are looking to give a follow, I did drop that. Um, yeah, I replied. And so go ahead and click those links. And also, if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and give a like to the Trading Triangle. We're doing this every week. Sorry to interrupt, Kay. Let's get to no, your No, no, this, this is great. This is good to, I mean, I, I'm glad that we are getting so many questions. So it's, I love it's it. good well, to have good. audience. It's good to have, get questions, whether it's uh, positive, negative, doesn't matter. That's right. Your questions. I'm with you. So what do you got next though? We got SoFi, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so interestingly, we actually had two demands uh, from the audience today, both for AMD and SoFi. So uh, we just talked about yeah, I, I guess I, I right. Uh, you have to start the year with the stocks that you like the most, right? So um, there you go. I think uh, with uh, SoFi, it's at a very interesting uh, point, right? Uh, of course, it's trading below its twenty-day uh, moving average. Uh, we recent have a little down, you know, we had a downturn with SoFi. It's around the fifty-day moving average is eight seventeen. It closed uh, before it broke down all the way to what seven eighty-nine. And then it, you know, we had some buying in coming in. So it's right hovering on the 50-day moving average, closing very close to the 200-day moving average. So very critical key levels for the stock, especially heading into earnings. Sean, you covered it on your channel today in the video that uh, one of the keys this time is that there's a lot of talks about getting into profitability. So that's, I guess, the eyes will be on that. Now, I think from, uh, from the FIB level that we actually have, over here is the 797 is a very key level for the stock and that's exactly where the most of the buying volume comes in so um i currently actually have a trade if you follow me on x i did post like a couple days ago that i opened a couple of contracts at eight dollar level couple months i think it was a month out or so very handsome premiums on that because every time you're getting into the earnings the volatility is crazy actually for the 19th next week do you, can you guys guess what the volatility would be on SoFi? Just take a wild guess. Oh man! Like, is it is it double what it normally is? Something? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at anywhere between forty percent to sixty percent. Yikes! Yeah. So, what it tells <laughs> you when you have this much volatility, and if you are doing options, you get very very good premiums. Now. If you're doing, of course, cash secure ports or selling covered calls, covered calls is not the right point. This is not the right time to be selling covered calls, nice. uh, right? This is a time when you should be actually opening a position for future and take advantage of these if you want to op- hold the stock for the long term. Um, I will be posting a much more detailed video of SoFi on my channel. Um, I think it will come out tomorrow or so. But I think for now, I would be tracking the 797, the 8 level. It's a very crucial level for the stock. Um, and heading into earnings, um, I believe that there will be a lot more buying heading into earnings. And if they are able to prove profitability, then you might be seeing the highs of 1049. It might even break those. But if it doesn't happen, then I don't see it falling, crashing all the way to oblivion. I think there are a lot of support levels 
between here and to 641 that we may see uh, buyers stepping in. So that's uh, what I see. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think with the profitability, they've been saying it for the last, at least the last three quarters, I'm pretty sure four quarters, that they're aiming for profitability in, in the fourth quarter of 2023. Um, and lots of people have been playing throughout last year, thinking, oh, it's going to come early, it's going to come early, a bit like Palantir had it early, of course, um, towards the end of 2022 for them. Um, but Anthony Noto has really kind of hunkered down on this profitability on Q4. Um, specifically, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that it's um, you know, life-changing, um, but the way that the company is growing, it's done very consistently. They've met their goals, targets. Um, they've spoke very well about the the company as well. So I, I would like to think that they would hit profitability just because it kind of makes sense from uh, uh, their kind of philosophy. That makes sense. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm rewording it right. Um, from the kind of philosophical side of of the company but yeah from a technical point of view being above the 200 moving averages is the only positive um obviously we've got some moving averages kind of that needs to get through um but the risk reward i think is is there even at a lower price stock um the, the risk reward is, is definitely there for me personally I've, I've got quite a high risk level so obviously take that with a pinch of salt um but yeah i'm adding uh, at this point personally again it's not financial advice just a bit of fun but yeah, I like SoFi, and, and I think we, we might see some good news on the earnings report. Yeah, you know, I don't think um, SoFi trades with, like, other banks' news reports very, like, consistency consistently, and I know that's not what you were saying. Um, so that's one thing that I'm kind of curious about. Like, we're getting all the banks reporting. Does SoFi actually start reacting to that at all, or does it still kind of do its own thing before it gets to its own earnings? Um, but yeah, I like it here around eight and really that 845 fib level you got there, Kay. Um, if it breaks above that meaningfully, you know, gets above 850, you can see just by looking left on the chart that it just runs, right? Well, as soon as it gets out above that level, um, there's just nothing really stopping it. So whether it's moving up or down, it's just big movements between 850 and call it 950, really. And um, so, yeah, that would be kind of interesting to see if it starts creeping up towards that level, uh, taking a position for another big move. It's, it's a nice uh, swing trade stock here because of the price. I think you can just use shares, really, without having to use uh, options. So, yeah, I like, I like SoFi here as well. It's an interesting spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I agree with your uh, comment that it doesn't really move along with the other banks um, because it's always a disruptor. You know, that's how it has mm -hmm. been you know, positioned as a stock and it doesn't really necessarily aligns with it. Um, but there are definitely levels that I think uh, getting into the earnings, there will be a lot more positive moment. And remember, this is a retail stock as opposed to bank stocks, which are more institutional, you know, investors. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. It's going to be pretty interesting uh, getting into the earnings. Agreed. Agreed. Where can we find you, Kay? Oh, well, you know, you can find me on Twitter, uh, now X actually, and, and you should definitely follow me because I do post trade ideas and the trades that I take, you know, on Twitter. And there are some interesting other uh, non-finance uh, uh, related stuff that you might enjoy. I don't know. We'll see. But definitely follow me on YouTube. Uh, that's where I generally will be posting a lot more content related to not just the investing stock analysis of specific stocks, industries, but also trading ideas on a weekly basis. So follow me there as well. And I do write for Substack. So, you know, you can catch up some writing on that site as well. 
Lots of good stuff. I'd love to see you guys. It's been good getting back and doing this, getting after the charts, looking at trade ideas. Um, I've got one more to add in because we did get the request on Upstart. So real quickly, because we have run long, I feel like it's just been exciting getting back, right? And we just had a lot to talk about. But Upstart, um, it's, it's definitely one to trade because of the volatility. You can get some big moves. And right now it's sitting right just below its 50-day moving average, which is also at a volume shelf at about 32.50. So um, it actually closed at 31.50, a dollar below that. If it continues to drop uh, to start the week, so I guess that would be Tuesday, it could just drop all the way down to 27 um, before it finds support. That's where the next volume shelf is. But if it recovers back above 33 here, above the 50-day moving average, Look for a nice bounce and really a clean run to 43.50, call it. So just a quick analysis you know, in between volume shelves, kind of what I'd be looking at upstart. Uh, love the questions, though. Hopefully that helps you out there. So with that said, guys, uh, great week ahead of us. Short week, but hopefully a great week. I'm excited about it. And uh, I'm just going to be traveling and trading lightly. So, you know, I'll be posting what have you and writing some trade ideas. I do have Mara posting tomorrow. So M-A-R-A. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but Kay, what do you got going this week? And what are your parting words for our lovely audience that's tuned in, I'm sure, from around the world? Well, uh, I think, um, you know, as we always say in trading standpoint, right, you know, uh, this is Sean's words and probably a trend is your friend. Uh, but I always say this, um, you know, if you are into options trading, uh, just keep an eye on your uh, trades that you are into, especially when you see major breakouts or breakdowns on prices, because that could lead to early assignments, which you may or may not be prepared if you are on margin account. So be very, very careful on those. Uh, as the earning season kicks in, I always, uh, you know, say earning season is a gamble. Uh, it's a binary event. Uh, nobody can predict it. Uh, so if you are getting into a trade, think of it as a gamble. Um, and that's what I leave the audience with. How about you? What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, subscribe to the channel. I'll be honest with you now. We're the worst at this. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to make a real push this year, and obviously, we really enjoy doing this. And uh, we love sharing our trading perspectives, trading ideas, etc. At the expense of a little bit of fun, um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I don't really have much of a message. Maybe just stay stay calm, stay stable with your emotions. Uh, really concentrate on each trade as it comes, and don't get too excited with the uh, earnings seasons because I've done it before, and obviously it's very easy to be done to get um, excited around earnings. But yeah, that's it for me. And subscribe again. <laughs> subscribe you can follow these guys again at invest k that's k-a-y-e at sean clark and by the way sean i know you can spell your name a million ways but s-h-a-u-n clark with an e on the end underscore yeah <laughs> and then up and then you can find me at, at trader nate here we're gonna actually add a little bit of info i think i have some ideas you guys so that people know where they can find us because we're getting some nice uh, traction on the live stream i want to make sure everybody knows where we'll be posting all week um, but yeah, great, great news again, as far as uh, getting us updated on what you guys' trade ideas are and, and what's going on with markets. I'd love to see the positive movements. We'll be back next week for sure. So uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Trading Triangle and on the Wolf Financial live stream and mine as well. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week of trading. Take care, everybody. Happy New Year to all of you. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.